passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Brian Baldinger. Back for another edition of In the Huddle, guys. Carl Dukes, put him up. My man Brian Baldinger is here. Of course, Jason Lockdown Four, part of this podcast as well. And the season's over. I mean, I say that, Baldy, because I'm like, oh. <laughs> is it really love, over? <laughs> oh, man, we love football so much. We love the games. It's always about the games. We got a great Super Bowl, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to break some things down because a lot of people, Baldy, are wondering what went wrong with the Eagles defensive approach for a team that was so dominant all year why couldn't they do anything against these Chiefs and we've got a couple other stories we're going to talk about guys appreciate you being here and obviously we put out new episodes on Tuesday and Thursdays subscribe like us tell your friends let's start there because Baldy we were both convinced that this Eagles defense with their front was going to at least make Mahomes uncomfortable but at the end of the game to look at that statistic and it says zero sacks how shocked were you about that? And what did not happen for the Eagles up front for them to get the pressure they needed? Kansas City only threw the ball 27 times, Carl. So they, they didn't have a ton of opportunities. But, you know, regardless, you know, they didn't get off the field in the second half. And, you know, that was, the, that was the difference in the game is Kansas City's ability to go up and down the field on them. And some of it was, you know, the field conditions were awful. I showed a play. Uh, yeah, I could have showed a lot of plays, Carl. I showed a play on my Twitter where literally uh, Patrick Mahomes slipped. He almost did a split. He caught himself. Hassan Reddick slipped right to the ground. Brandon Graham slipped. Like, everybody slipped, especially on that logo. So the field was definitely a condition where they couldn't get their footing. So that was part of it, too. But that's not – you can't say you lost the Super Bowl because you didn't have good footing. Because And, and Baldy, real, real quick, the, the footing, for those who are wondering – we're talking about get off for pass rushers. It's the it's the push right to get off and try to get that extra step. It's it's the get off and it's the ability to turn the corner. So it's both. So guys, you know, Hassan Reddick is a great guy that can turn the corner. Great get off. Uh, so it affected him in both ways. So, but you know, the players change their spikes, and I talked to certain players, you know, and they they changed them multiple times. Um. But it still was uh, it was a factor. So, but that's part of it. And then part of it was I thought Kansas City did a great job of blocking them up. Mm. You know, um, no missed assignments, that kind of thing, which can get guys free. Uh, now the Eagles didn't do a lot to try and get guys free. You know, they just kind of rely on the front to go win their one on ones, and they didn't do that. Um, and then they had Kansas City had a pretty good scheme, 
No, but ultimately, Carl, like, okay, no sacks. And, you know, at the parade yesterday, this is we're taping this on Thursday. Kansas City's parade was on Wednesday. You know, um, the offensive line, you know, including Orlando Brown Jr., Zeus, I mean, they wore a T-shirt, zero sacks. Like everybody <laughs> said, that's, that's all right. they heard all week long. And, yeah. you know, so I'm saying a lot here, but, you know, Everybody listens to everything, Carl. They do. So, you know, week we got a, we got two weeks of Super Bowl talk, and all the Chiefs' offensive line heard was seventy-eight sacks by the Eagles. You know, third most in the history of the game. That's all they heard. And you know that Andy Reid and Andy Heck, the offensive line coach, all these guys, like they put that in front of them and challenged those guys. And so, you know, Creed Humphrey had a great game. Zeus played one of his best games. Um, Andrew Wiley was good. They they were good up front. But then the tight end helping and chipping was good. And, you know, Jet McKinnon helping out and chipping was good. Like all those things uh, made a difference. And yeah. then, Carl, the, the Eagles ran for 119 yards in the second half, you know, um, averaging over six yards a carry in the second half. So they they blocked them up pretty good. And, you know, when, that, when Mahomes got hurt at the end of the first half on that tackle by T.J. Edwards, I think Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and the guys thought, hey, you know, our quarterback might not really be all that. They came out and ran the ball down their throats to start that third quarter and put, put that touchdown on the board early. So that was that was a big thing. Yeah, I, I was surprised at how well they were uh, effective with the run game. Um, was this Jalen Hurts' best game? I mean, the numbers are, are 304 yep. passing, accounted for four touchdowns. He ran for 70 yards. I asked a buddy, I said, if they would have gave Mahomes the MVP, I don't, I wouldn't have been mad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't have been upset because he played so well. Yes. A lot of people, Baldy, are pointing to the, the kickball, the fumble, which he drops, and they turn into a scoop and score. But I thought he overcame that. I mean, yeah. that was he, he didn't fold up in that moment and go, oh, crap, and then just disappeared. He actually elevated his game after that fumble. I thought so, Carl. I, I I can't say, you know, he's he's been starting for two full years and a couple games his rookie year. Uh, it's as good a game as I saw. Uh, his deep balls, like, you know, the touchdown to A.J. Brown, um, you know, the throw on third and 14 to Goddard. He threw one to Quez Watkins, which was a dime. He couldn't hang on to it, but it was a perfect throw down the field. That might have made a big difference. If you want to just point to the fumble, fine. They put up 35 points, Carl. Yeah. In a losing effort. Like nobody's ever in 57 Super Bowls, nobody's ever put up 35 points and lost. So I'm not putting it all in the defense. But I thought, um, and the reason why I believe Philadelphia will be contending every year is because of Jalen Hurts. Like he says everything like all week long, press conferences, like he puts it all on him. Um, they came up short. He he says he chooses to learn from it. Um I thought he was fantastic. I thought Nick Sirianni coached a good game. You know, they went for it on fourth downs. They were aggressive in the first half. They put up 24 points. Uh, I thought he was really good um, in, in, in how aggressive he was in his approach. And so they just didn't finish it. And defensively, uh, you know, we could point to a lot of things, the easy touchdown throws by Mahomes. But I, I thought Jalen competed his heart. I guess, you know, we're going to get to this, Carl, but – I might as well get to it now. I mean, the penalty on James Bradbury Huge. at the end, we could talk about it and we yeah. could say, should they call it? Shouldn't they call it? All that. Is, 
I think what everybody wanted to see is if Kansas City kicks a field goal with a minute 54 to go, let's just see what Jalen Hurts can do. Let's, <laughs> let's put him on this on the stage in the biggest moment yeah. with under two minutes to go to see if he can answer it or win it. And so I, I feel like everybody in Philadelphia and, you know, football fans, they would have loved to have seen that. I agree. I, I said great game, not so good of a finish, right? That's how I yeah. felt. The, the finish, we felt cheated as fans because the game was so good. And it was it was sort of like the Bills-Chiefs game totally. where, you know, Mahomes. There's Josh Allen, sitting, yeah. Josh Allen sitting on the bench, never gets a chance. Don't get a shot. And, and so it felt that way. But, yeah, Baldy, I'm with you. It's in the huddle, guys. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with recapping Super Bowl 57 and talking about some things. We're going to get to some other NFL news coming up. I, I think, Baldy, when, when you see the Chiefs, <clears throat> Flip the switch in the second half, four possessions, four scores. They hadn't done that all season, right? As good as the offense had been, and you go into the Super Bowl with the best offense in the, in the league, you hadn't done that all year. And in the biggest game of the year, you come out and score four straight possessions, the, the four that, that mattered. Why? What Was it just the Mahomes magic, as I like to say? Well, it was more than that. I mean, it was total execution. I mean, you saw how Juju stepped way up. He did. I mean, he was one catch after another in the second half. It was, you know, Sky Moore. It was Kadarius Tony. You know, there was this, there was a, I, I did this thing on the NFL Network um, yesterday or the day before, Carl, but there was a, there was a, there was a, a moment when Kansas City really took control of the game. They had scored their first two possessions to go up 28 uh, 27. The Eagles had kicked a field goal to get three points. So they're up 28 27. The Eagles get the ball back. You know, they get five yards of first down, second down, second and five. And this is where Spags, Steve Spagnuolo, defense coordinator of the Chiefs, kind of helped in this moment. So what happens is on second and five, Spags throws what we call a trap defense, Carl. They blitz Trent McDuffie, and they, they're anticipating that the response by the Eagles on the corner blitz is they're going to throw hot to that receiver who's now being departed by the, the corner. And exactly what they do. So – Jalen sees it. Zach uh, Pascal sees it. He throws the, the, the pass. It's a two-yard catch. Um, you know, the, the safety, uh, you know, tackles the catch right there. So it's now third and two. And now Spags, he, he designs a defense where Willie Gay comes off the edge free. Now, whether the Eagles blew the, the protection or not, um, there's some feeling like they should have just like fanned out to Willie Gay. They saw him out there and they just let him come free. And he chases Jalen Hurts and he throws it away. Yeah. Now it's fourth down. Okay. So it's a three and out. And they punt to Kadarius Tony. They double both gunners, Carl. Like the gunners are nowhere near the ball. It's a bad punt by Sipos. There's not a eagle player within 16 yards when Tony catches it. So he was going to get 20 anyway. He was going to get 20, 20 no matter what. Right. They're going to great field position up 28-27. But he reverses the field, uh, and he goes 65 yards to the five-yard line. And two plays later, it's now 35-27. I thought in that moment, now the Eagles did, you know, uh, Jalen put the team on his shoulders, take them right down the field, you know, and, uh, you know, scores, two-point conversion, the whole thing. But I thought in that moment, like the Kansas City really took control of the game when they did that. It's a great set series right there. We talk about these games being won yeah. with, with certain plays. That's a series of plays 
that Three in a row. Yeah, that you could pull out of that game and it made a big difference. Baldy, um, you know, we're, we're sitting here and, and we're talking about Mahomes. So two Super Bowl MVPs, right? Two Super Bowls, two regular season MVPs in a five-year span. Nobody's done this, right? Brady, yeah. as great as he was, Brady didn't do this. Like all the great, Elway, you can go back. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, okay, you've been telling me all year that they're young. Like they got all these rookies playing for them. And I'm sitting there watching the Super Bowl and I'm going, holy crap, this team's going to be better next year. They're, they're going to be better than they were this year. Sky Moore is going to be better. McDuffie, all these guys in the secondary that they played. Am I wrong about this? Like the Chiefs aren't going anywhere. Well, no, they're not. They're going to be the favorites. And, you know, they they said it to parade that, oh, this was a rebuild. And we won. <laughs> wait till, like, wait till next year. Right. So I don't know who they're going to keep, who they're not going to keep. But it doesn't it doesn't seem to really matter. Because the offense line is basically there, – there's a couple of things here, Carl, going on. One, I mean, Mahomes plays through the injury. I mean, he, it, it just raises his stock when he's able to still compete at the highest level on, you know, one and a half legs, you know, I mean, whatever condition that ankle of his is, we know it's not good. Um, but then, you know, they, they, they lose to Tampa two years ago, Carl. And within a matter of weeks, they fix their offensive line. I mean, they go out and sign Joe Tooney in free agency. They draft Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. They trade for Orlando Brown Jr. Like in, in a matter of weeks, they addressed, and those guys like Creed Humphrey played every snap this year. Trey Smith started every game. Orlando Brown started every game. Like, not only are are they do they rebuild the offline offense line to protect Mahomes, but somehow whatever they're doing from a training staff standpoint, these guys are lining up and playing. Like Chris Jones isn't missing any games. Right. You know, Nick Bolton's not missing any games. I mean, like, where's the injuries? Where's the um the 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 the, 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 the difficulty of an 18 week schedule now and 17 games and and postseason like it's not beating those guys up they're lining up and playing now they drafted 10 guys carl eight of them played on sunday mm. most of them were on defense two you know they're, trent mcduffie starts carlotta starts there's their first round picks they're all out there making plays um there's Jalen watson there's uh you know williams there's like all these guys are out there there's brian cook at safety so not only are they getting all those rookies on the field, and really, to me, the rookie year is almost like a redshirt year in a lot of places, Carl. I mean, you get them on the field, but they don't really know what they're doing. But their player development is huge. Yeah. You get these guys. Like, those guys are going to be good players. And so – and they get, they get nine draft picks, you know, coming up. And the draft is in Kansas City, Carl. So, right. you know, I know Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid's not taking, you know, I'm going on vacation tomorrow, Carl. I, you know, maybe Andy Reid visits that one little beach house in Dana Point, California. <laughs> but it's not going to be long before he's looking at, you know, the rookies coming up and the the, the draft-eligible guys. They're going to be the team to beat. And I think it's more than just Mahomes. Like, they win the Super Bowl. They don't lose any coaches. Maybe yeah. they lose Eric Bieniemy. Maybe he goes to Washington, Carl. I mean, that's a real possibility. I, sure. I hope Eric gets a chance. Uh, go do it someplace else you know, and just show his creativity. But uh, for the large part, Steve Spagnuolo is not going anywhere and offensive line coach isn't going anywhere. And, 
Andy Reid's going to be there. And the front office, it's, you know, it's a lot more than just, you know, Brett Veach. There's a bunch of guys there that have been there a while. So, uh, you know, the, the future is bright for that, for that organization. And, you know, it, it, it's all about Mahomes and his ability to fit in Sky Moore and Juju Smith and all the guys in addition to, you know, having Travis Kelsey. So while you're talking about the Chiefs not having to make changes, the big news this week, Baldy, is the Philadelphia Eagles are losing both Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. What does that mean for Nick Sirianni now moving forward? Because, yeah, I get it. His coordinators were hot, right? They had the great offense, uh, you know, Jonathan Gannon and that defense. Uh, by the way, they take the uh, Colts and Cardinals jobs, so those two jobs yes. will feel. What's it mean for Nick Sirianni and the Eagles? Because he does have to replace people now. Well, we still have to kind of wait and see, because I have a feeling both Gannon and Steichen are going to take some of his assistants with them. So I've always said, Carl, I, I played in Dallas. I saw Landry lose one good coordinator, Mike Ditka. You know, I loved, uh, you know, Gene Stallings. I saw him lose a lot of good assistant coaches. And I always thought it was more difficult to replace good coaches and good players. Mm. And so uh, Nick is a good head coach, but he's not the play caller. So I think they can elevate the positions. Brian Johnson probably be the offense coordinator. Uh, Denard Wilson might be the defense coordinator. We've got to wait and see. But, you know, Nick is all about getting these guys an opportunity. So if, if Gannon and Stike can go, they probably want to take some of these assistants with them and give them an opportunity to become coordinators, kind of teach the system, the program. Uh, and so there's going to be some big voids there. And, you know, most of these jobs, now that all the jobs are filled, uh, I'm anxious to see just where some of... Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 
where Nick goes to to replace some of these guys and how he does it. So it's gonna. I, I think it's it's a pretty big deal in Philadelphia right now because we haven't seen exactly how many coaches are going to get drained out to Arizona and Indianapolis right now. Yeah, it, there's no limit on that, right? I mean, obviously the head coach, you don't want him to take all your guys. No. But we've seen it happen in every situation where you take two or three, he takes two or three, and all of a sudden now you've got five guys to replace, not just two, right? I mean, that's yeah. how this happens. Well, it, it, it could easily happen. Now, we haven't seen, you mentioned 2016, the Falcons lost their coordinators. One of them retired. You know, Kyle Shanahan obviously moved on. But the last time a team lost both coordinators and one is – you know, was in a Super Bowl uh, and lost the coordinators to head jobs in the NFL. It was 1994. Mm. So we've seen like Charlie Weiss, you know, leave New England and go to Notre Dame. But we're lo looking at two assistant coaches, coordinators, go and become head coaches. It's been almost 30 years since that's happened. It's a big deal. It is. All right. Uh, you were talking about Eric Bieniemy, and I want to bring this up while we're in this Super Bowl, you know, mm -hmm. moment talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, Baldy, I don't know why he hasn't gotten a job. And, and now that these jobs have been filled. So this is three hiring cycles, basically, where he went from being the hotness, right? The new hot thing, the Chiefs first Super Bowl. And you go, wow, the enemy's going to get a job. And then the second year, and it was like, okay, he's interviewing. And then now he's interviewing. And yes, if he gets the Washington job, it would be a lateral move, although he would be the, the, the play caller. But why is he not getting a job? Do we know... I keep getting asked this question and I've talked to people and I'm trying to figure out and people around the league are just saying, look, he's interviewed a lot. And I'm saying, yeah, but what is he doing wrong? Mm -hmm. Because at some point you look at the guys that have been hired in similar situations, even guys under the Andy Reid tree, right? Doug Peterson didn't call plays. Eagles hired him. They gave him a shot. He won a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So we could talk about those situations where, oh, he doesn't call plays. There's a lot of guys in this situation that aren't calling plays that are getting jobs. What's your take on Eric Bieniemy? Well, if you even say Andy Reid, you know, he got a job in Philadelphia. He never called a play in Green Bay. You know, I mean, we, we, there's there's plenty of those guys out there. I mean, John Harbaugh never called a play. You know, got the job in Baltimore. Um, it's interesting though, Carl. You know, like Ryan Poles is a GM in Chicago, right? Like he left Kansas City. Yeah. Like he knew Eric Bieniemy. He didn't hire him. Like so. I don't know what I don't know if it's the way he interviews, uh, his, the way that he communicates with players. All I know is I think the best thing for Eric is to get out of Andy Reid's shadow. Shadow, yeah. Whether it's a lateral move to Washington, um, where he's going to get an opportunity to work with a young quarterback in Sam Howell or whoever becomes the quarterback there, with s some really good young talent around him, Santana. Uh, you know, Dotson out there, uh, you know, Terry like Cole, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, like all these guys. I mean, they've got a bunch of young talent there. Good running back. Yeah. Good running absolutely. back, you know, Brian Robinson. So, you know, he, I, I, I hope Ron makes a decision to get Eric Bannon because I, I, I think we're all kind of exhausted wondering yes. and asking the same question you just asked, Carl. Like, how many cycles, how many years? Can you, can you, and, and I, and I, I, you know, I was listening to Andy Reid in the press conference and he multiple times after the game talked about Eric's contribution, whether it was some of those plays that we saw for touchdowns, you know, to, to Tony or to Sky Moore or, you know, where those plays came from and did they get those from Jacksonville in week four and what they did to the Eagles I mean, whatever contribution. Um, 
you know, we hear like I even hear like Josh Allen in Buffalo go, we need more of what Kansas City's doing. Mm. Like these teams are looking and they're going, how do they keep coming up with these ideas, you know, and these plays and these concepts that other we don't see other teams doing? Like I I I know Eric's a part of all that. So that part I hope can transfer and I hope he gets that opportunity where he can be the play caller. He is the designer. He is talking to the quarterback on the sideline. Because even during the timeouts the other day, Carl, I'm seeing Mahomes and Eric Bienemy, they're talking to each other about whatever it is they just saw or formations or what the defense is doing. So it's not like and he's got the play sheet right in front of him. Right. He's a big part of this five-year success that the Chiefs have just had. Going back to those couple of plays, you're, you're mentioning the, the touchdowns. Was that a secondary breakdown, or was that simply the scheme that sets those touchdowns that were wide open up for the well, Chiefs? They, they, they saw something in the way the Eagles rotate their safeties um, and their secondary. Uh, versus motion, pre-snap motion. And they thought there was something where they just kind of like, they don't want to travel with the player that goes in motion. Well, you saw, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony going in motion. They didn't want to travel across the formation, get caught. So they just, they just uh, rotate and they caught him in rotations. And they saw, they saw it against Jacksonville week four with uh, Jamal Agnew. Andy Reid might have talked to Doug Peterson about it, and they got a touchdown against the Eagles against it. And then I, they tested it during the game a couple of times, Carl, and they ran Sky Moore across the formation of motion, and they saw the rotation. And so then once they, they saw it on video, they said, we can start and then come back and reverse the field, and they're going to get caught. And, they, and it happened to them twice. Yeah, they did. I mean, those were and wide I, open. And Andy Reid – in Bianami, they called it corn dog because they named it after something that they enjoy eating. <laughs> so they, they call that motion uh, where they start one. Well, I've seen Andy Reid do this years ago with Brian Westbrook. I mean, it's not like it's a new thing. Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of teams have done this. But the idea is you use it against a team that could be affected by it. And it was clearly once they got, you know, Tony for the touchdown, it wasn't long before – whether Sky Moore was in the right formation or not, there's some question about it. Uh, they got him twice on it. Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes with you guys in the huddle. We're talking about Super Bowl 57 and, of course, some other things that have happened this week. The other big thing, there's actually two things. One may happen. One has happened, and that is Derek Carr getting released by the Raiders. They're going to say $40 million. He gets to pick and choose where he wants to go. Baldy, it's the million-dollar question, or maybe it's the – $500 million question. Where is he going? Where is the best fit for Derek Carr? Now, he has options, right? We've talked about he visited the Saints. Uh, we talked about even potentially Carolina. If they don't want to draft a quarterback, he could go there. Jets. I think Derek Carr, first of all, is really good. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I, I don't know what the hell happened, You know why the situation played out the way it did with the Raiders. But at the end of the day, if you put him on the Jets and he's he's comparable, he's just capable. Jets win four or five more games, right? Quarterback was the issue for them. Put him on the Carolina Panthers this season. They win this division, not Tom Brady. I just think when you start saying, hey, Derek Carr, what is he? How good is he? I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't know if he's upper echelon, 
but he's going to be the first domino, right, to fall when you talk about free agency because he gets to pick where he wants to go. Nobody has to trade for him now. I worked with his brother this week, David Carr, and it was the day actually where Derek got released. So, um, you know, there's a couple, couple, you mentioned a couple teams there, Carl. Um, First of all, he wants the ability to do things at the line of scrimmage that we saw Peyton do, that we see these quarterbacks do, where they're they're really playing chess with the defense. And sure, so, well, you can make the play call, but you're looking at certain things. You need you want to have that autonomy to get into the right play to take advantage of what you might see. Uh, you've been in the league nine years. You know he's out. He knows how to read the defense. A smart, prepared guy. Um, it just wasn't a good fit. That's not how Josh McDaniels wants his quarterback to play. It's it's not a knock on Josh. Uh, it's just what he prefers. Kyle Shanahan is very similar in San Francisco. Um, Andy Reid was like that in Philadelphia with Donovan McNabb. Uh, so, I mean, but th- there is – but he did get what he wanted. So, Dennis Allen and him were in the Raiders together. There's a real warm person market right there. Uh, you know, the Saints have a top-10 defense. Right. Uh, it's probably not going to get any worse. Marshawn Lattimore will be back next year. Missed most of the season. Blah, blah, blah. You know, the offensive line has been – it's been pretty good almost every year. They had a bunch of injuries last year, but, you know, they – they line up their five. They're pretty good. I have a feeling, though, that Carolina makes the most sense. First of all, David's got four kids under the age of seven. Like, they're just starting school, all that kind of thing. You know, Charlotte is a good it, – it, it feels like a good fit for yeah. a father with young kids in that environment. Um, Frank Reich, uh, I think, has had shown ever since he was a backup with Jim Kelly and what he did in Philadelphia with Carson and – you know, I, I feel like he works really good with the quarterback. And I have a feeling like that's that could be a really good destination right now for David. Yeah. Um... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperice.com. So I was in Houston when David Carr got drafted. Classy dude. Uh, I've always enjoyed our conversations. He's one of the best guys, just yeah. people that you'll meet. First time I saw Derek, he was a chubby little kid just throwing the football around the field. And yeah. it, it always amazes me when I get a chance to talk to him because I'm like, dude, I can't believe you've turned into this, this amazing you know, NFL quarterback. And then the following your brother's footsteps, you know, he went to this, you know, Fresno State. Yeah. I mean, it was – it's pretty interesting the path that these guys take. And, you know, David will tell anybody, um, you know, they they didn't build the right way when he was with the Houston Texans early on in that franchise. And so, therefore, his career gets cut short because he's getting sacked seemingly every other down and he's running for his life. And 
you know, he's always telling Derek, you know, listen, you played on better teams, but so what? You know what I mean? And they've got a, a really interesting brother brother relationship. Yeah, a great relationship. And I, I think that helps Derek. I really do. I think that helps him have some kind of foundation. He, how cool is it? you can talk to your your older brother who was the first overall pick in the NFL draft and say, hey, what do you think about this? I think that's a cool situation for him. Well, I mean, there's a checklist, Carl. There's a checklist. Um, you know, he's he's friends with Brady. Like, there's a quarterback club out there. You know, Brady surprised us all initially when he went to Tampa. Right. Like, we, we, we had him kind of destined going to some other places. But, you know, it turned out to be the right place. And so I saw uh, at the Super Bowl, I saw Iki Iquanu, the left tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Real, real good guy. And I'd never met him before. But, you know, I was just talking to him and him. You look at the offensive line that Carolina put together last year now, Carl. They're nice. You're, you're watching all those games yeah. you know, in the NFC South, and you're looking, you know, at Dante Foreman running the ball, and, you know, you got Taylor Moten, and, you know, you got Bradley Bozeman. Like, they put together a good offensive line, and they get another year of playing together with DJ Moore. Like, they've got some pieces. You look at defensively, like, they're going to get their corners back and healthy. Like, I'm looking at Carolina, and it's a division that doesn't look really strong right now. Everybody is either rebuilding or making changes, whatever. Um, you know, coaching changes, quarterback changes, you know, we got to see. But um, I have a feeling that Carolina, with the right leadership, the right quarterback, um, and I know Frank Reich a long, long time, I feel like that's a team. They were close last year. You know, um, it came down to the final, you know, couple weeks of the season. They lost to Tampa. But I feel like that that they've there's a lot of things on that checklist that you would go, this is a good destination. Yeah. And you know what else, Brian? He hires, Frank Reich hires, right? You see this? Dom Capers as his senior yes. defensive assistant. Brilliant, right? Capers has done this. He's, he's up in age, but he's done this. He's yes. seen it. He knows what he's doing. He knows then, his role, Carl. Yes. He knows his role. And then he goes out and he hires Jim Caldwell. Yes. Right? As a senior assistant. And the point is, guys, Frank Reich is not – he's like, I did it wrong <laughs> in Indy, right? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do what I did there and when I get to Carolina. So I'm not telling you they're going to win the Super Bowl, but to Baldy's point, there's some really good pieces there. I think they're an underrated team when you start talking about the talent overall, if you start looking at their roster – if they get the quarterback piece, it, it could be the just the difference. And you talk about the coaching from Frank and the quarterback, and then you've got these these veteran leaders, you know, in your in your clubhouse now that you can turn to and say, "Hey, Dom or, or Jim Caldwell, who are highly respected guys, yes. what do you guys think?" He's got obviously one of the most talented defensive coordinators hiring over from from Denver in in Arrow or Eero. I like what he's doing. The point is, I like what he's doing right now. It doesn't mean they're going to win the draft or the offseason, but I think he's setting himself up for long-term success. I think so, too. Now, one thing about Frank uh, that I learned when he was in Philadelphia as, as the offense coordinator for Doug Peterson is he's a great collaborator. Like, he'll take a lot of information, and it's not about him. He, is, he doesn't have an ego and who's getting all that kind of stuff. But I think, like uh, – bringing those veteran guys in like that, that have been successful in this league and kind of like when you're just looking for that, that one little thing you need this week or to overcome this injury or like just the ideas and the think tank type of stuff that coaches loved, love, they love that part of it. I feel like 
you're going to get good contributions from both those guys. All right, Baldy, before we get out of here, again, subscribe, guys, in the huddle. We put out new episodes Tuesday and Thursdays. I want to ask you about Rex Ryan. Rumor is he could be the new Broncos defensive coordinator. Apparently, Sean Payton is interested. It's out there. I don't know if Rex is going to get back in the game. I I, I love watching him on TV because he doesn't pull back. You know, he doesn't pull any punches. What do you think? Rex Ryan to the Broncos is the new D.C.? I'd be surprised, Carl. And just yeah. talking to Rex, I, I, last time I really talked to him, he was coaching in the Hula Bowl two years ago, and I was I was around him all week, and he was telling me how much fun he was having and, you know, life at ESPN was really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, the, he gets these big checks every week, and he's having a great <laughs> time. And, you know, some days I, like, no offense to Randy Moss or anybody else, I'm like, I just want to hear Rex. Yeah. You know, the yeah. stories. The only thing I would say, Carl, is – you know, these coaches, they get an itch. You know, they just do. You know, we saw Dick Vermeil leave the game for 18 years. He got the itch, you know, after doing TV. And there could be some of that game day where you're having a good time in the studio and you're cutting it up with Randy and all the, you know, everybody there. And then you go, these dumbasses on the field, like – let me go show you how you sack the quarterback. Like, I think there's part of Rex that goes, I can know how to fix this. Yeah. I, I can I can do that. And oh, by the way, I've got myself, you know, this corner over here in Denver, Patrick Sertan. I got this safety in Justin Simmons. I know how to put this defense together and make them elite and turn this thing around. And, you know, and his brother coached with Sean Payton in New Orleans. So, you know, there's some familiarity there. Rob Ryan was there in New Orleans. That's right. Defense coordinator. So there's there's familiarity with Sean. Um, I'm sure, like, Sean knows he needs that strong guy, you know, in order, like, you know, the year they won the Super Bowl, Greg Williams was defense coordinator. They led the league in takeaways that year, you know. And so, you know, Sean wants as many extra at-bats as he can get for Russell Wilson in the offense. Um, nobody knows how to do it better than Rex. So I'm sure there's a conversation. I just got the feeling that Rex was very, very happy and comfortable doing what he was doing. Yeah, now, it's, maybe, maybe that itch returns. It's a lot of stress, man. I mean, I think once these guys get out of it, you know, I mean, you get out of it and you start going, hell, I get to talk about it and do this all day. And I don't, nobody hits on me. And, you know, I don't have to pressure the media asking me stupid questions. Yeah. I mean, all that stuff plays. But I will say, um, there's nothing like the game. There's nothing like Sundays. There's nothing like being on the sidelines, right? And that part of it, you can't replace. That part of it, you just you can play all the golf you want. You can you can play tennis or pickleball or whatever the hell you do, Baldy. <laughs> but but you can't replace that. You can't. Hey, I, I, from from just a fan standpoint, I'd love to see it. I'd okay. love to see it. Like I'd love to see. Rex, like, for example, like Patrick Mahomes has never lost the Denver Broncos. Mm. Never. Okay. So he's undefeated against the Broncos. So there's a part of me that says, let's bring Rex to the <laughs> AFC West okay. and see if Patrick Mahomes can stay undefeated against Rex Ryan and Sean Payton in the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, part of me wants to see him back on the sideline, just the bluster, just the personality. Like, I just feel like, we put these coaches in a box, Carl. Yeah. And they all look like the same. 
the same, you know? Like, I know Rex is never going to be in a box, you know? And Sean's never going to try to keep him in a box. He's going to let him be Rex. And so I kind of like when somebody says, I ain't here to cut to kiss the ring of Bill Belichick. I, I you know, I, I miss the Ditkas and the Rex Ryans and these guys that just, you know, put it out there and weren't afraid to say anything, you know, in front of the media. I'm with you. I'm big personalities, big, fun personalities. Yeah. That's what we're, that's what you're talking about. I, I see these guys and, and, you know, I love Sean McVay, but they're all under like the Sean McVay tree. Like they all look and sound the same. And it's like, ah, give me somebody who's not afraid yeah. to have the balls to say exactly yeah. what needs to be said. Yeah. And that's, that's what we're missing. Baldy, yeah. man, always a pleasure. Thanks, uh, Baldy uh, is going to be out. He's going to take some vacation. He's going to be back in a couple of weeks, guys. But uh, certainly subscribe and make sure you yeah, we, tell your friends. We're going to have a great offseason, Carl. It's going to be a great offseason. Um, you know, I've already started looking at Joey Porter Jr. and Bryce Young. And, you know, we're going to hear about those names for the next two months straight. But, you know, we got the combine. We've got free agency. we got the draft. I mean, the schedule is out there. And every football fan um, outside of the Kansas City Chiefs right now, they're still celebrating you know, is paying attention to this offseason right now. No doubt. It's it's guys, it's where your team gets better. I say it every year. Yep. This is where your team gets better. It's not in no September doubt. when the season starts. What does your front office do right now to get your team better through the draft, through free agency, potential trades? We're going to be all over it here in the huddle. Baldy, man, have a great day. Thank you guys for being here. It's in the huddle. Thanks, Carl.